0: Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: Welcome everybody to uh, a new, brand new uh, community event this evening. Uh, Just minted an hour and a half or two hours ago, uh, really to talk about uh, voting at our 2021 ACB conference and convention that will be virtual this year and the ACB board of directors. Oh, by the way, my this is Dan Spoon and I'll very shortly be introducing a panel of people from our voting task force that will uh, be here this evening to talk to us about the recommendation that was just approved by our ACB board of directors uh, to um, provide for uh, remote uh, voting for this year's elections for all of our ACB uh, uh, officials that are up for elections. So that's five officers, five board of directors who were up last year, but when we could not vote, and three members of our board of publications that were up last year. So we're going to have 13 uh, elections this year at our ACB conference and convention. And I'd now like to introduce uh, our Chair and Co-Chair of the Voting Task Force, uh, along with several of the members of the Task Force to talk about the different components of the recommendation that was just passed. But more importantly, we want to take this time this evening to hear from our members and what questions they might have. So now I'd like to introduce uh, Pat Sheehan, the Chair of our Voting Ad Hoc Task Force. Jeff Tom, our Co-Chair. Uh, along with uh, John McCann from our Constitution and Bylaws Committee as a co chair. Hello. Hello, hello, John. Uh, Maria Hansen and Maria Christic from the Voting Task Force.
2: Okay. Hello. Uh,
1: hello, everybody. And Connie Sims. Uh, Also a member of our voting task force and concentrating on our communication so she's the one who is pushing us along here and doing the right thing Mm -hmm. to have us have a community event this evening. So with that, I will uh, turn it over to Patrick and we'll get going. So thank you all for being here.
3: Thank you, Dan. So uh, I've got a bunch of experts on this call. And I think the first thing that, we, uh, that we, we talked about, and I think we can make this part kind of brief and then maybe take your questions. I don't know how much people have heard or, or understand what, what's going on, but the problem that we're trying to solve is one in which um, last year we had a virtual convention. We had board of directors, five positions that were held over until this year, and this year we have officer elections coming up plus uh, BOP elections uh, three positions coming up, and we needed a um, means to hold elections um, so that we could vote officers. Uh, we have thirteen positions: board members, five board positions, and three BLP positions. So we we put this team together. Uh, we've come up with a um, recommendation for a software program called Vote Now, and um, we're in the, this is the first group that we have had a community call uh, with, and we can talk to you about, uh, you know, the authority of where we got the authority from, we can talk to you about uh, what the the system uh, uh, provides for us as far as elections, answer your questions about process. Um, I don't know how much background you wanna hear from us, before we go forward, but we've got a lot of experts here who can talk about all those various aspects of the of the software and why it's needed.
4: Uh, Pat, I I think what they probably most want here is what we rec- what the recommendation was that the board adopted and the voting procedure that we're going to use this summer. Okay. Uh, yeah,
3: and and I think and I think you're right. Um, so. We looked, at, um, we, we looked at doing it a couple of different ways. We looked at doing a manual election, but we realized with the amount of people that, who could possibly vote in ACB for a national election, which is everybody, who would, uh, who would be a member by the record date, which is June 16th, uh, we couldn't do it that way. We looked at three uh, voting systems, election buddy, election runner, and vote now. What we needed to have in the uh, in, in the voting system was uh, telephone access. So if you wanted to vote, uh, you, you know, by phone, you could do that. If you needed assistance voting by phone, we could offer you a, the vote now system could offer you that assistance, or you could vote via via your PC or Mac, or um, as uh, Maria K uh, said to us, also with the uh, mobile. Uh, application you can use. So there's a lot of flexibility. And that is what uh, the board has agreed to go with the boat now system. Um, do we, Should we go into more detail on what the system is or what the process is we envision? What are the questions you guys have? I don't want to just
1: talk at you and not answer your questions.
5: You do have some raised hands.
3: Good. Hey, Cindy, you- thank you. You bet.
1: I- I would be real happy just to take two or three minutes, Pat, and kind of walk through the process from uh before opening session through the general sessions uh of kind of the the, the process of how we we'll, we're going the process to process go.
3: of how we'll do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Dan. That's yeah. okay, good.
1: real quick. So uh first uh are we we uh, have a nominating committee that nominates uh one person uh from the nominating committee for each each position. So Brian Charlson is our chair of our nominating committee. The nominating committee will meet before opening session, which is Sunday night, uh, the 18th of July. And the nominating committee will uh, come up with what they call a slate of officers, board members and BOP directors. So they'll present a slate, one recommendation nominee for each of the 13 positions. Uh, So Brian will... uh, share that at our opening session on Sunday night uh, the 18th and then at the end of uh, opening session we will start our elections and we will start with the office of president and go down through the officers and so, so Dan yes, Dan does
4: that please. mean if, if someone wants to throw out the rascally president that that would be the first contested office? I just that would, make sure. That,
1: that would most certainly be the first contested office uh, off uh, position, and let's use that for an example. So say uh, you know, that uh, the nominating committee, uh, I, I was lucky enough that Dan Spoon was placed in nomination, and Jeff Tom from the floor said, I would like to run because we'll do nominations no, no, from the didn't. floor. Okay, <laughs> well, let's just say for theoretical purposes, Jeff Tom says, I want to run against that rascal from Orlando and so Jeff Tom would uh, also be nominated. So we would have more than one candidate uh, for that particular election. If, if we did not have more than one, then we would do uh, a vote by acclamation And we would continue down the list till we got the first contested election. But let's assume president was the first contested election. Then those two nominees would be notified uh, to uh, everybody uh, through all of our different communication devices that they would be. That would be the first election that would be up for uh, for decision. And that election would be held uh, the next day at our morning Monday morning general session. So the two candidates, in this case, Dan and Jeff, would have each five minutes for their speakers to speak on behalf of their candidate. This would happen in the business portion of the general session the next morning. And then uh, after that, we would start the roll call vote, uh, which would be each of our delegate representatives for each of our 67 affiliates would vote for their roll call selection. And while that was uh, beginning, we would then open up the vote now ballot box, everybody will receive a code uh, where they can vote either electronically or through the phone a special unique code that's distributed by vote now for each uh, member who's in good standing as of June 16th, the record date uh, as an active member. Uh, And so They would have the ability to either vote electronically through their PC or their mobile phone or to vote. uh, Through a phone system a phone keypad where you could vote one, two or three or uh, through uh, some assistance, if you need some live assistance to help you cast your ballot vote now would offer that the election would stay open for two hours at the end of the two hours our ACB uh, voting team, uh, which is uh, headed by Nancy Marks Becker, our chief financial officer, will tally the roll call votes and the vote now votes and announce the winner of the election. And then on Monday, before we close general session, we will go through the candidates till we get to the next contested election. And then that one will be held on Tuesday with the same process. We'll do that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday And then on Friday, which will really be election day, we will handle any other elections that we do not get through on the Monday through Thursday general sessions. And we'll continue to do those those elections until we get through all of our uh, open positions on Friday. Uh, And that will be kind of our, our overall process.
3: Very similar to what we have right now.
1: Very trying to follow as much as we can what we do right now, and everybody is used to and accustomed to uh, participating in. So, should we hear some hands? What do yeah, you think? Let's, yeah, let's hear some hands.
5: Well, all right. The first person happens to be uh, your nominating committee chair. So go ahead, Brian. You need a sorry. The phone,
6: more? the phone was not behaving itself. That's okay. Uh, you did. You made it. Uh, so, and, I, uh,
1: Brian is also a member of our task force. So welcome, Brian. Yes,
6: thank you. Thank you. So a couple of quick things I want to make clear to those listening this evening is that we will be asking all affiliates to let us know who their representative is to the nominating committee, because we will hold that committee meeting through zoom, as Dan said prior to the convention, first day, we will Um, need to know those names and the contacts so that we can send out the invitation to that Zoom meeting to the appropriate people. As is always the case, that is a closed meeting. That means only those who represent those affiliates are allowed in the meeting. So after a roll call is taken within the Zoom room, we will close the Zoom room, and it will remain closed for all of our deliberations. We would ask Anybody who's considering running for office, be very careful to make sure that they have at least one person that is going to be on this committee present at that meeting so that their name can be brought up in the meeting. Very much like on the floor, each candidate will have a couple of minutes for speakers to speak on their behalf before we take a vote of those present. Each affiliate gets one vote in the nominating committee. We'll take that result and we'll announce it uh, during the opening session of the convention. And we will be monitoring through the convention, the whole process of nominations from the floor. It's very, very important that people in this unique set of circumstances don't get overly excited and start nominating people without talking to the person they're nominating. So that can very easily happen when we're not sitting next to one another and didn't have lunch with one another the day before. Think ahead in order to make sure that all your Ts are crossed and your Is are dotted. That
3: also um, applies to nominations from the floor. You always want to make sure the person you nominate wants
6: absolutely whether it's whether it's through the committee process or from the floor. We only accept nominations from people who've agreed in advance that they are willing to accept that nomination. Uh, and because we have 13 elections to get through, it's important that those nominated know the names of the individuals who are going to speak on their behalf prior to being called upon to announce those names and that those individuals also have agreed. You can imagine all of this uh, unmuting people and remuting people in order to keep everything uh, intelligible with hundreds of people on a single call, maybe more people than we've ever seen on a call in ACB's history. It's very important that we all respect the time and efforts of others by being prepared.
5: All right, thank you. Chris Hansinger, you're next. Um, I just wanted to be sure. At the board
7: meeting today, it implied, they implied that possibly by Friday, we'd be making the uh, window for elections uh, be a little shorter than two hours per election. And I don't think that would be a fair thing to do. Um, I mean, they should always be the same. Uh, Just because on Fridays, we have less people around usually. I'm I'm just worried that that would happen. Now, you didn't say that while we're at this meeting, but the board sort of implied that at least that's
3: what I heard. Yeah, this is Pat Sheehan. Uh, I think I might have said that. Uh, the my What we're basically saying is certainly we'll give plenty of time for the election. What we're thinking is the process of, of casting the ballots, whether it's over the computer or uh, via the phone by the individual, should be shorter on Friday because it should be less confusion. We'll be on election number six or seven or eight or something like that.
7: It should be shorter, but you can't yeah. you you can't you the only way you run. can tell the yeah the only way you could tell would be to count the number of votes that came in. Right. And 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 you know that's that doesn't work. Uh right. the other thing I wanted to be sure about is um that affiliates will get some guidance on how because we're not anywhere close to each other or anything like that, how to um, poll their members to give their affiliate votes for the roll call. Um, and I'm not saying to tell people how to do it, but give them an idea of what, what the, you know, you're going to, somebody's going to need a list of some sort, and so, you know, and a phone, some way to deal with this. Because, you know, we only used to check with the people that were at the convention. And it's the whole if um, this is telling us that the uh, DC rules are saying that everybody gets the right to vote, then all the members of the affiliate also have the right to um, tell them what. So we need to be sure that they all know.
1: Yeah, and we are going to- yeah, go ahead. Dan. And we are going to reach out and, and have a, uh, a, this this group will also reach out and have a meeting with the affiliate president. So I think that's some good Absolutely, conversation yeah. to have during those mm-hmm. calls. Yeah. That's a, that's and, a and very had, good
4: point. We had a little conversation about the delegate vote. And I believe it was <laughs> Ray who suggested that we use a system similar to what we've been doing with the roll call, and that is to know mention about three or four affiliates ahead of the one that was currently going to vote so we could try to move that a little faster it's going to take a little bit of time but we can try to move it along as best we can and people having gotten very much more used to zoom than they ever were i think it's not going to be as difficult as it would have been six months ago or even three months ago you know
5: uh janelle um, thank you. I have two questions. The first
8: one is Dan discussed a voter number, but is it, are are we possibly going to have to enter two credentials just to make it harder for people to guess somebody else's number and and uh, vote for the
9: other person?
3: But this is a good Maria question.
9: Yeah, so this is Maria K. So there is only one voter ID number. And what actually happens is that the uh, if you're on the phone, you'll be asked to enter it. Uh, If you're voting via the uh via the internet whether you know through your pc mac or via a web browser on your mobile phone it'll just be a direct link that you can click on which would automatically activate the id um and then at that point once that id' has been used it is that that vote is uh, one, well, I'm sorry, once that ID has voted, once that person submitted a ballot, they can't vote again. So um, there aren't two different credentials. Um, I think, like, are you saying, you like if someone didn't know their ID and just like randomly picked the number? Yes, I see. Um, I don't, ag- I think vote now. So we're not asked to enter the credentials, but I actually... Because we're, like, we send them, that's actually a good, I don't know, Maria H, do you know, like, we send them member info. And I think yeah. that might include a number, but I'm not 100% sure, like, how they would verify whether that person who's calling is the actual, you know, person listed on the postcard or, you know, yeah, email.
10: I'm, I'm not sure that um, we give them the person's phone number. You know, I'm not sure what Dixie was what sending Dix, them. Yeah. I was assuming, well, not assuming because we don't do yeah. that. Uh, but I was presuming that um, it was just email and snail mail information, and that needs to be up to date. That's going to be so important here that each member's got to make sure that HCB has your current and correct. Email and snail mail addresses, but um, the easiest way to do it um, is to click on the email link and, and do it online because it's more direct. Um, the other, I think I just entered the um, in, my ind- individual um, code or ID, pin number um, when I called in. Um, And it accepted that. And by the way, you'll be using that same pin or code number for each election for this convention only.
9: Um, Maria, isn't it uh,
4: either one of you? isn't it true that these numbers are generated randomly by voting yeah. yes so yes really exactly
9: impossible. it's hard to yeah and it's like what is, is it like a six or an eight digit or something number i forget well, we had something six like but that. i'm six, sure yeah. it's gonna be, it's gonna maybe be more bigger for for, for this uh, one yeah eight. yeah they're not like consecutively assigned or something like person to person right. to person it's i mean yes it's I can't say it's like 0% possible that, you know, someone with like malicious intent would put some other random number and would get someone else's like, you know, voter ID. That's, uh, you know, yes, it's entirely, it's somewhat possible, but I think it's not very possible. Highly unlikely. Yeah,
10: exactly. (laughs) And And and, uh, vote now is the only one that has your, voter ID. Nobody from ACB is going to know your ID, and nobody from ACB is going to know how you vote. Um, the, right. This information is verifiable. If you vote online, you can request to have an email confirmation that your vote was recorded. Um,
8: mm-hmm. That's that's great, and that, that- That does address that question for me and uh, the confidentiality is certainly important, but also just somebody not being able to maliciously, you know, vote three or four times if the numbers would have been consecutive and not to take up too much time, but are we thinking to also use this voting system for other business such as constitution and bylaws
9: amendments or only for elections this year and put off everything else? Uh, it's the second. We're not going to be voting on any constitutional yeah. changes uh, or bylaws this year. And the resolutions process is going to be handled the way it was done last year.
11: Yeah. But Janelle, uh, to your point, this is Ray Campbell. I like my technology was playing a little trick tricks on me. So I got a little late. Um but Janelle, you raise a good point, and um, that we are looking long term. Uh, this is for this year only. We are looking long term that we're going to have to have something in place for this because we do. We do expect that. People are going to be wanting to participate and should want to participate virtually in our conventions going forward. And so we're going to have to have a way for them to do that. And plus, as uh, has already been mentioned, the DC code says every member has, every member of record has the right to vote. And so we need to make sure that that's available to them, so we'll definitely be looking long-term at some of these things.
9: Yeah. And, and, and just, I'm sorry, just there, there is, you know, precedent, like I will say with other, there are, you know, GDUI we mentioned, cause we use vote now, but like, you know, several of the special interest affiliates and such do electronic voting with both uh, board positions and constitute uh, governing document amendments. So, um, but again, that's something that's definitely going to be looked at, as as Ray said, going forward. But not this particular year. It's only going to be the officers and board members and BOP. Okay,
5: and just for a point of reference, we do have nine hands raised, so we do have quite a few. Jean, you can unmute. Um, I actually just lowered my hand because
10: Janelle's second question was my question. Beautiful. All All right, thank thank you.
12: you. Donna. Hello, so I have uh, two quick questions.
9: So what do you have in place that will keep each uh, election day, you know, each day that we do election, what's in place to keep it from taking over the whole general session? And what percentage of our budget is taken up
1: by purchasing this?
3: Uh, well, I can take one of them. So the projected cost that we expect or that the board approved was 15 to thousand and what was our budget one point something million million.
4: two or something Uh, one one million eight
3: one million eight what is that like less than one percent something yes Um, Yes. where the problem that we have is that because we we didn't hold elections last year and we have officers up for election this year if we don't hold elections this year we won't have anybody next year yeah we, we'll
11: have to well, vote I, for everybody yeah. Yeah, yeah well let me let me try to take the first piece of that um you know we know donna that this is going to take the first election is definitely especially the roll call piece of it is going to take some time uh, we're going to ask people to be a little patient with us as we uh, work through that um, you know, you, the, the time that you have for your balloting on vote now is, you know, it's going to be constant, whatever it's, uh, two hours, or whatever it is, it's going to be, uh, a constant thing. Um, but, um, we certainly, um, you know, I, I, you know, the first roll call we have to do is probably going to be a little rough. Uh, but I think as we get used to it and get better at it throughout the week, uh, on zoom, we'll do. That But you know what, the affiliate roll call at the uh, conventions takes time. How many times have we seen where people are at microphones and we can't get them working and all that good stuff? So uh, we're not we're certainly not going to let it take over the general session as much as we can help it.
1: And we have done a couple of things from the convention program committee. We already have uh, approval that we extended general session a half hour for this year. So it will start at 10:30 and go through 2 Eastern time. So we allowed an extra half hour to make sure we, you know, gave some time of not getting too early for the West Coast, but allowing uh, some more time to do business. So the thought is again that we would we would start the each each morning session. We would you know have our our pledge and our our sponsors. You know, just a few uh, minor business items there. And then we would get right into hearing our speeches, then doing the roll call vote. We still have some technology questions that we're asking our Zoom team. We're thinking perhaps one way to handle that to to reduce confusion. Right now, we have two Zoom rooms that operate for the convention, one for the panelists, what we call a green room, and one for the uh, participants. And we're thinking perhaps we could have an additional Zoom room for the delegates for each affiliate. So they could then be there in the Zoom room and be ready to go to do the roll call vote. But we have to still uh, vet that with our technology team. But we're going to work uh, the best we can to make the roll call as clean as possible. And then once we start the roll call, once the speeches are over, we will open up vote now uh, for the individual member voting. So then the idea would be two, two and a half hours later at the point we would have our, our, our say after our, our break uh, before the end of general session, our last break coming out of that, we would announce the winner of the election, let them have a minute or two to give an acceptance speech and then the uh, losing candidate to give their talk And then we would um, go ahead and secure the nominees for the next contested election that day. Again, giving the affiliates the opportunity overnight to poll their uh, constituents and figure out how they wanna vote for the election the next morning. So that's at least the process. So we're hoping it doesn't disrupt it too bad, but Janet Dickelman Dickelman and myself are already uh, putting a uh, proposed general session agenda together for our meeting on March 2nd, where we're gonna start laying this out with the convention program committee.
13: Right, Joyce. Good evening. Uh, My question is what steps are going to be taken to ensure that members have their ID before the election even begins? And the reason why I'm asking as a member of GDUI, I never would receive a postcard and elections would start on either Saturday or Sunday, and I would not get my ID until Tuesday or Wednesday.
3: So this is Pat, and I'm sure a bunch of us could answer this one. One of the things that we're going to highly recommend is is that we have an email address for you. If we have, well,
13: an- I would get the uh, email that Tuesday or Wednesday.
3: No, you'll get this one before vote now is going to make sure we take care of that okay because but that's you know. but, that, but thank we'll, you for saying though because we will ensure that and we yep. and we, we are
1: and we are also planning on having the um uh you know our our minnesota staff who helps us with elections will be there as a help desk <clears throat> for people to call to get in touch with vote now and make sure Uh, If we have any issues so and we're also going to do what we're calling a mock election. So we're going to do one that's not an official uh, election, uh, hopefully a a day or two before the convention. So people can kind of, you know, just giving them an opportunity to go, go through this the first time and make sure they have their code. And, you know, could be voting for your favorite Disney character, who knows, but just give you an opportunity to exercise the process before we get to the real elections. And then hopefully if anybody's having code issues with a vote now, we'll have an opportunity to clear those up prior to the official elections. Well, Well, and also, also,
11: I just going to say that, um, the, the record date for membership uh, for ACB is 30 days prior to the opening session. So once we hit that, uh, we'll take all the members on record and those will be forwarded into vote now. And then they'll be sending those codes. What I, what I would say to anybody listening, though, is, is if it gets close to election and you haven't seen anything, um, maybe one thing, one thing to do, check your spam folder. Because sometimes these emails go there. If you're getting it by email, but also the other thing is um, that um, you know perhaps we can have uh, folks available to uh, people can call and say, "Hey, I haven't got my code yet, and we're concerned about it," and that uh, we can do some checking and make sure that uh, that gets taken care of. Like Dan said, um, we are we all know what the postal service has been lately. Uh, we hope it's improved by then. Uh, but, um, who knows on that? So, uh, definitely, uh, it would be much preferred if we can get these emailed to people this year. So to all of you taking member certifications out there, please, if people have an email address, uh, a good up-to-date email address, try to get that, and get that into their records so that we can make sure that that gets to, uh, vote now. So we can, uh, we can take care of that. Maria, go ahead.
9: Oh, uh, Ray, you basically covered what I was going to say.
11: Okay, okay. <laughs> but, sorry about but that. Maria no,
10: has a quick uh, thing too. I know one of our members had an email address, a work address, and she worked for state government. And this type of email would not go through um, you know, for voting and vote now uh, in that situation. Um, so, but email if, if, is the best way, I, I think, to secure a, a timely information, especially with, as Ray said, how the, how the mails are working.
4: Right. So, I, I just want to say that, you know, I'm really glad that people are raising their concerns because, you know, we're a, in a situation where we don't really have a more viable alternative than than what vote now is presenting to us. We think that it's going to work pretty well. But the more we can safeguard uh, the system, the better job it will do. So don't be afraid to, you know, try to hold our feet to the fire and warn us about potential flaws because you know, I foresee, You know, we're at a point probably of no return in the future, as I think most of us on this um, Zoom call would agree, is going to include um, remote voting. So let's hope that we can work it right this time and then in the future, Vote Now or something similar will be what we can go with.
10: Uh, One more thing from Maria H., uh, working with Vote Now in the past and, and the postcards that would be sent out, the snail mail, Um, I would insist that they send them out earlier for our group than they would say for (laughs) some other organization, you know, where the members pretty much were cited. And explain to them that some people relied on readers and they didn't have daily access, um, maybe weekly, so to try to get those out early. And the inclination of Vote Now um, had been to send them out closer to the opening of um, election because they felt that people would lose the codes, et cetera. So, um, but here, you know, they'll have the information 30 days ahead. So, um, you know, I, I, I think optimally the postcards should be received at least a a week ahead of time, but email I think is gonna be the best. Okay, Greg.
2: Hey, just for
3: the record, Jeff Tom's my favorite Disney character. But um, my question is uh, um, with the affiliate roll call vote. I understand that you may or are working on setting up a zoom separate for the affiliates to have reps there. What are you suggesting to those affiliates to get their vote in, get their vote in timely manner to those reps so that they can be counted? How are they going to
11: work?
6: that?
3: Hey, Greg. I'll, hey, hey, Greg Holland.
11: Uh, I'll take that one. As we talked about earlier, uh, Greg, it, it, that really is up to you as an affiliate how you want to handle that. Now that's why we're going to have some conversations with presidents because we do know and <laughs> that affiliates like you know like to poll each other and you know get that affiliate vote. Um, what I would what I, what I think I would what I, one of the, there's several options that you can use. Um, one might be to have your your delegates, um, have them have your, your members that they want to share their, you know, want their vote, you know, want to, to, to text you or whatever with their votes or call you or something like that. Um, the, the nice thing about this is that other than Friday, you're going to have some time to get that information. So you're going to know, for example, let's say Dan and Jeff run for president. You're going to know who Dan, Dan and Jeff are running for president. So, you'll have some time to collect those affiliate votes and figure out how you want to divide your affiliate vote. And the same with the other elections down through the week. Um, Now, Friday, you won't have uh, as much of an opportunity to do that if we have to do multiple elections. And so um, that's um, the kind of thing. but But what we hope will happen by then, and we're going on a little bit of hope here, is that the system will be a little bit better and that you'll be a little used to doing it and, um, you know, however, however, whatever method of, of polling you guys want to use uh, works, uh, you know, texting, calling, whatever uh, is, is, is what you're going to have to do. But again, we want to have some conversations with the presidents about this and uh, hear those kinds of concerns. And, you know, I don't know if there's anything we can do to make that process a little easier, but um, we certainly uh, we, we certainly can try.
6: All right, Casey. Yeah, I, I, I have a couple, a couple thoughts. Um,
10: since, since everybody can vote, that's a member. You don't want your registration to go down. So it, it's going to be really important to encourage people to still register to vote. Uh, uh, not, not to have to register for the convention, even though they don't have to, to vote because every member is going to have that opportunity. So yep. that's, that, That's one thing. The other thing was we looked at this in Michigan to do this um, when we were testing about remote voting and it was quite expensive uh, to to, to do this for our small affiliate. So my question is, if this works, is this something that ACB could work out with affiliates and with vote now to get a break on
3: on some of the costs? Hey, Dan, you wanna take that one?
1: (laughs) <laughs> uh sure, I'd be happy to. So, um for for this year we're we're estimating it's going to cost ACB uh, as you may have heard if you were uh listening to the board meeting, uh we we've got a quote it's going to be between $15 and $20,000 depending on uh how many um uh live people they need to handle uh, phone um, phone voting that needs some assistance. So uh, that will vary that a little bit, and then our membership, we don't know exactly, it's based on your membership. So we don't. We won't know exactly what our membership is uh, until we go through the certification process and then get to the, the, the June 16th uh, date of record. So that also is a factor of the cost. Uh, we have not uh, at this point in time looked down the road of what it would take uh, for ACB to have any kind of an umbrella contract, I I wouldn't think that would be the going in position. Uh, but with anything, you know, uh, there is opportunity there uh, to perhaps consider that. But for this first year, it, it really is just for the virtual convention in 2021.
4: Mm-hmm. So let me let me just tell those interested, just because we did a little research when we were looking into it a few years ago um, there's sort of the two prongs of this in terms of the pricing structure. Um, it's a, it's, the cost is based in part on the number of elections you're going to have. And in part on the number of members that you have, but the more members you have, the less per member they charge. So yeah, if you only have 50 members, for example, it's not gonna cost potentially not that much, but the cost per member is gonna be higher than it is with, you know, 5,000 members or whatever we're being charged for.
5: Okay, Leslie, you can unmute. Thank you,
7: Cindy, and thanks everybody. Good, good, good talk. Um, So my question is, and I'm not sure if anybody's, you know, looked at this or if it's, you know, if you'll use the same code, but um, so, you know, I am a member of a special interest group and i'm also a member of fcb will there be two codes for me or will there just be one code that i'll use all week to vote with
9: it's just going this is maria k it's just going to be one code so this is completely separate from your affiliate memberships this is yeah. just counting you once as an individual member of acb so you're only going to have one code this
3: is
11: yeah. just okay
9: so, so i'm only counting once
11: through.
7: Through either FCB it, or, yeah.
11: yeah, this is just for the individual okay. vote, Leslie. So, yeah, this, so okay. you normally yeah, w- yeah. when you normally would tear the corner, uh, instead of tearing the corner, you're going to punch a code, and uh,
8: yeah, but
7: I vote twice, Ray. I mean, I vote twice, so you know, I mean, because it's very wonky, you know, I can vote with FCB and I can vote with CCLVR. Yeah, I can. I can yeah,
11: but you you only get here. one individual vote though. Um, but then you, you you count your affiliate vote with CCLVI and FCB. I know what you so I know what you're saying. Yeah,
7: but so you, that's you only dope. tear
11: a corner once. <laughs> yeah, but so not, the, not, that's well, but
3: the affiliate okay. vote.
9: The, yeah. This this is completely separate from the affiliate <laughs> vote. This is literally yep. just right, the right. individual.
7: But, endi- but yeah, but I individually vote
9: also twice. No, you don't. So. No, no. You, 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 you you turn in.
1: You turn in one okay. paper ballot and you then you may have multiple, event, uh, you know, affiliates where you drop coins and cups and all that yeah. okay. in divide so, a divider ratio. So
7: then it won't matter then, even if I'm nope, with a no. special I yeah. didn't know if it'd come up. So that's no, why I, was I wanted say, a I was question. Say,
11: yeah. Are you from, are you, are you, I didn't know you're from Chicago, Leslie. Uh, uh, <laughs>
4: Florida, yeah, that's I, just yeah, as bad. What yeah, do you yeah. mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I,
7: uh, I didn't know if anybody had asked, so I thought I would ask the silly question, you know? So
1: It's a good question. All right.
5: Thank
1: you, guys. See you later.
5: Bye. Okay, Renee.
3: The elections crazy in Florida, Dan.
5: Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. We um, vote early and often here in Florida. <laughs> th-
5: Go ahead, I Renee. Think, uh, I
12: think my question just got answered, uh, but um, because I w- wasn't sure about the uh, individual vote versus the affiliate vote and um, uh, and, and and the postcard. coming in the mail i would think that i could get just the email since um
3: yeah you'll get the email
12: rather than just a i mean if i'm looking for a postcard in the mail um i i that part that part uh i i don't i don't i don't understand if if we have
3: uh, i'm sorry on the ssa computer though renee
9: yeah so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: photo yeah. My own. No. yeah. yeah. So
9: if they have an email address for you, then they're going to send it by email. That's definitely the preferred mm-hmm. way.
1: Yeah. And so the postcard will only go out for those who, that we do not have an email for. And we are still kind of working with vote now because of our accessibility issues, we would like to get to the point. Uh, so we're still having some conversations with them about whether we can, Uh, you know, do that with braille and large print to make it easier for people to read. So that's still, uh, you know, something we're working with them. Uh, All right.
6: Brian. So those who are affiliate presidents understand that it will feel more unusual or difficult or need a little bit more invention on your part to deal with collecting up the opinions of your membership prior to your delegate casting your affiliate vote. Some of our states literally at the convention will walk up and down the aisles and, and count heads to decide how they're gonna split their vote at the moment that the roll call has started for affiliate voting. Others uh, have uh, caucuses where they vote in advance of, a, of an election, how they wanted their delegate to cast their vote and yet others say, well, we elected that person to be our delegate, let them make a decision based on their best judgment. The national did not want to tell affiliates which of those methods they need to do for the benefit of the national organization logistics. So in giving you that freedom, it also gives you, if you will, that burden to work out a method. Absolutely, it's true that since we're going to take any contested election, And do it the next day up until friday that gives you overnight to work that out and i would encourage you to start working that out now how you're going to go about doing that come friday you should have a plan b because there won't be that overnight time to pull your membership so keep that in mind as we get to thursday night you might want to pull your membership on more than one race that you expect to be up the following day. And when we give the credentials committee, pardon me, credentials, the nominating committee's report, we will be telling you in advance the entire slate from the nominating committees. And we'll be reminding you throughout the week, what's coming up to give you as much prior notice as possible for you to be able to do that polling uh, according to your individual affiliate method.
2: If I could jump it, in here, we mm-hmm. can be heard. Yes, we can hear point. you. Yeah, okay, great. Uh, I will say this from the standpoint of an affiliate president. Uh, I think one thing, and it just occurred to me, uh, this might be a very workable strategy. Uh, if you have access to a free conference call or some such number free conference pro, you could publicize that to your membership. And of of course, you're gonna be muted until you're called upon to cast your vote. So you really couldn't be conducting an effective uh, multi-way phone conversation on your cell phone from the floor of a convention while things are going on. But from an office, if you're sitting at home and your computer is is on mute, you can have that conversation uh, invite the people. Uh, hopefully, make it a broad announcement, and them that are sufficiently interested in voting and want to be part of a caucus can can basically be caucused, you know, seconds before the the, the time comes to uh, cast the vote. John,
3: we have one call now that we use to uh, connect with all of our members in Maryland, and they have a polling feature. So that might be useful.
2: Oh, really? Can you uh, channel me on that?
3: There you go. Yeah, I can. I can give you the number. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it works very nicely for announcements. But I think the polling feature might might work. Okay.
2: Yeah, that might be awesome. Yeah. Okay. All
5: right, Janine. Hey, we can hear you. Okay, cool. Thanks, Amy.
8: Um, so, uh, my favorite Disney character is Figment, by the way. So I want to throw that into the pot. Um, and Leslie asked my question. I just uh. Thanks a lot, Leslie Spoon. Because um, I was on a call with um, seven members and they all said, go jump on there and ask that question. Because we, um, some of us are involved in multiple things like next gen and performing arts and Florida. Well, I'm in Florida and not everybody is. But so we only get one vote, right? That to clarify that one vote, we can't vote four times if
10: we're in four different groups.
11: Yeah, I think let let me let me kind of explain this a little bit, because some of our newer members may not really understand the voting structure of ACB. Mm -hmm. So let me just try to explain that just real quick. So there's two parts to a vote um, for what's called a record vote. So this is like when we do an election, it's always a record vote. There's also a voice vote, but I won't go there. Okay, so there's two parts of the vote. There's the individual vote, and that's where you cast one vote, one ballot. You you decide who you're going to vote for in one election. That's the individual vote, so you only get one of those. Then there is the affiliate vote, and so each affiliate gets one vote for every 25 members or major fraction thereof, so let's just use an example. If you're next-gen... If you're next gen, for example, and you have 13 members, you get one vote. If you had uh, t- 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 38 members, you'd get two votes, and so on and so forth up the line. So so be so so your affiliate gets the, the these votes, one vote for every 25 members or a major fraction. And so the affiliate is going to there's going to be the roll call and what's going to happen so after the so when the individual votes going on there'll be this roll call we're talking about so they're going to call ACB next generation how do you vote and ACB next generation is going to say you or they say you have three votes so they're going to say we vote one for Ray Campbell and two for Mickey Mouse whatever it might be um the way that the affiliate decides how to apportion those votes that they have as affiliates, that's really up to them, how they want to do it. A lot of affiliates poll their members. Uh, so you, you have to decide how you're going to do that. So the, th- the point I want to make is the, the voting the voting in ACB is of two parts. Now, if you're in multiple affiliates, that means your, your vote is counted as part of the affiliate vote for your state. It might be counted as part of the affiliate vote for next gen. It might be counted as part of for bits, whatever affiliates you're in. Um, but the individual vote is only one. And then the affiliates, because you're in multiple affiliates, you are part of the voting strength of all of those affiliates. It's wonky, but it's the it's the wonderful thing about ACV, and it's been that way for Brave, 60 Mr. some odd years.
4: The one sentence is just to be clear, you, your vote is counted, but you don't cast it. Only the delegate casts the vote. Exactly. He, so or, the del- he or she may include you in that count. He ask you how you are, want to vote, but it's a delegate yeah. that casts the vote.
11: Exactly. That's thanks, Jeff. And so, so what they might do, Janine, is say next gen might come to you and say, Hey, Janine, how do you want, how are you planning to vote for this race and you say oh, i'm voting for mickey mouse i can't stand that ray campbell i to vote for mickey mouse and so then they'll say okay we and so then they'll take their votes they'll they'll poll everybody like you no know, asking you asking whoever and then as jeff said they'll they'll the delegate will take that information and then they'll apportion their affiliate votes accordingly so you're counted but you don't cast it
1: you're you're a portion and and I know that's as clear
11: as mud but (laughs) yeah
1: all right and I wanted to add one more thing there and and I don't and I and I and I only point that out because uh if it's not obvious to people it's going to become obvious by the time we vote uh at this year's convention is uh again for historical purposes usually we do elections on the last day of the convention And many times, uh, most times, a lot of our members have left the convention by then. And so traditionally, we'll have about the same number of votes as for individual votes, because you have to be right now, at least according to our Constitution bylaws before this year, you have to be present on the floor when the doors are closed to vote. And then you have the affiliate roll call. And both of those end up being around between three and four hundred votes. This year, uh, I really expect we are going to have well over 1,000 members participating in our voting process. Could be over 2,000 members. And so I think what we're going to find out is the individual member vote will be 80% of the total votes cast as opposed to 50%. So what is going to happen by going to virtual elections? Uh, And having every individual who's a member have an opportunity to vote, it's going to change a little bit the dynamics of how the voting uh, works and and the political ramifications of that. So as individual voters, uh, you all are going to have a much stronger voice uh, with the individual vote than, than the affiliates all have in the affiliate vote.
3: And everyone who is a member, Dan, can vote. uh, Correct. It's not tied to convention registration or anything like that.
1: Anything at all. So, yes.
3: Remember, you get a vote. That's right. right. Terry. Hello, everyone.
8: Hey, Terry. Hey, Terry. This is... uh,
3: I recognize that voice. (laughs) He does, because I'm the one
8: that always gives him the questions that he can't come up with the answers for. (laughs) but see I'm a troubleshooter and a problem solver by nature and by and a,
4: profession so and a troublemaker Terry you forgot that
8: well part. I was gonna leave that one out oh. <laughs> anyhow um two th- let me make two points number one as far as the affil- the pr- affiliate vote process is concerned the way that you could save a whole quite a bit of time with that and it would involve a little bit more work by Minnesota. someday, I'll, someday I'm going to learn they're not in Minneapolis anymore. Uh, is rather than going by affiliate alphabetically, go by delegate alphabetically. Then they're going to come up on the they'll come up on the Zoom list alphabetically, and you can whip right through it. Just a thought, okay. but it would save you. I would guesstimate. That it would save you at least ten to fifteen minutes, at least, and probably Mm. more. The other thing that I, the other thing now, maybe I missed something in this, but um, something Ray said earlier struck a chord with me, and that is this idea that you're going to have the next that night to 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 uh, pull your affiliate and that on an election. That's not accurate. Um, if because of the standing, uh, not the standing, the the floor uh, nominations from the floor. If you've got somebody, the nominating committee is going to come up with one person. They're going to come mm-hmm. up with, let's say, Dan for president. But then Ray wants to run against Dan. That comes up in this, in the on the floor that day. Um-
3: Dan, yeah, didn't yeah. we say that they we yeah, had yeah. to have that the night before?
1: Well, we are. It is. It is. Right. It is from the floor. So we will. We will announce. Uh, you know, nominations for the floor three times. Of course, uh, anybody can raise their hand uh, that's at the meeting or uh, call Ooh. in and uh, and uh, nominate somebody from the floor. But we're going for the for the early elections at the beginning of the week, we're going to do that at the end of opening session or at the end of, say, Monday session before Tuesday. So we will have nominations from the floor, then those candidates will be identified and then their speeches will be the next morning, but we are allowing nominations from the floor for the for the for the next contested election.
8: Okay, so that sounds, that sounds good for probably the majority of them. But what happens when, just as an example, what happens when um, Pat Sheehan runs against David Trot for treasurer? That mm-hmm. opens up that, that board position. Right. And, and, and that we... On Friday.
1: Sure. And we we're going to Friday is going to have to be a little bit different. And so, again, on Friday, that's why it was so important for us of how quickly vote now could set up the next election. But for the votes on Friday, we'll have nominations from the floor. Uh, We will have, you know, however many we have, if it's a contested election, Uh, then they will uh, start their speeches. As soon as they start their speeches, vote now can start uh you know taking their 20 to 30 minutes to get the next ballot ready to go we'll do the speeches then we'll do the roll call and then we'll open it up for the vote
8: yeah so you I mean, have to so so the, the so the affiliates will have to do their polling
1: they're going to have to do their polling pretty quickly for those elections yeah. that yeah. is true and, and, yeah. and, and, and Exactly. and i and i think what terry's talking
11: about though is what if we have a situation where somebody is currently on the board and would be serving through next year, um, decides to run for, say, an officer position, uh, we're going to have to take that one on Friday. Now, that one's going to be strictly from the floor correct. for nominations. So that, that's correct. To emphasize Brian Charlson's point earlier, that is why, if that happens, That's why it's really important for those that you talk to whoever you thinking about nominating and make sure they're willing to accept, uh, before, uh, moving forward with that.
1: It could happen on Friday. No doubt.
5: Okay. Uh, phone number ending in two one nine. You can unmute.
14: Hi, this is Peter Heidi and Baraboo. Um, I, I had, was part of another organization that voted virtually this last year and that, um, I just want to make sure that when we do the test that we do the test far enough away from the actual event they did, they did the, the test on Friday night, the, the conference uh, the convention started on Saturday. Uh, There were a number of computer, uh, issues and, uh, that were not able to be resolved before the vote got taken. And, um, so that, uh, if we, it, when we do that that test, to make sure that you're far enough away so that any issues, especially with accessibility,
11: um, can be resolved before the conference actually begins. That's a great point, Peter, uh, my fellow WSBH alumnus. Uh, that's a great point. Um, and what what we're what we're trying to figure out is okay, how far ahead? Because we don't want to do it too far ahead because people will forget, but we want to do it close enough in um, where we can, you know, keep it fresh in people's minds, but yet far enough away to, um, to, um, as you say, resolve any of those issues. So, you know, we're going to probably look, I would say be a week or two weeks ahead, something like that, so that we have chance to Identify, resolve any issues. So, thank you for that point.
1: Well, and, and we and we've got to give it long enough so that people can get their codes. So it's a real, exactly it's a real balancing. <laughs> it, act. It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. yeah.
5: Zelda.
0: Hi. We hear you, Hi, Zelda. We okay. hear you. Hello, um, I was just wondering if if anyone has has addressed it already. Um, I haven't heard. But what if um, you know? Typically, those those officer positions are less contested than than some of the other positions that we're going to be voting on. Um, you know, if if there is an uncontested election. Um, could we move on to the next one and and get some of those moved up towards the beginning of the week rather than waiting for that sludge of them to come along on Friday?
4: That's the goal. That's it's, the absolutely is the goal. If we go all the way to the board positions, conceivably, not necessarily, but conceivably, we will.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Just yeah. just thinking that that might be a big help.
1: Yeah, yeah we're, we're we going to go lot. until we hit the first contest. The next contested election, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah.
0: I'm sorry, I missed that before, but yeah. I'm, I'm. Thank you for that clarification.
1: Oh no problem. Good, good question.
3: And that that, and we would be voting accepting that person by acclamation. That's correct. have yeah. having the standing rules.
5: Right. Jean,
10: Am I here? Yes, you are. You're here, hey, Jean. Um, this is for John McCann especially, but it dawned on me when you were talking about the Constitution that our. Constitution doesn't really allow for any of this, I don't think. So um, so how are we justifying it? Are we just simply agreeing to to um, you know,
2: follow the Constitution at this point? Well, if I was understood to say that, that's an incorrect understanding. Um, there's nothing in the Constitution that prevents it. The only thing that's at variance with the Constitution, and it's the bylaw section, okay, is the bylaws require a paper ballots. And there's no way to do paper in a virtual, you know, in a virtual environment. But that is the only way and the only um, extent to which what we're adopting here is in contravention of the Constitution. Yeah. Uh, and we're taking well, care of that. And that. rule. Say again?
5: Oh, that was the background noise. Oh,
2: sorry. Um, uh, we're we're addressing that with a standing rule for the convention. Um, I think that the spirit of the constitution is fully honored, uh, and I don't think that there's been any. There's certainly been no violation of any of our core principles as enshrined in the constitution or bylaws. But the mechanics, to the extent that the bylaws, you know, got into mechanics, you know, that it should be a paper ballot. Well, what else would it be if you were doing something live? Um, you know, that's, that's the only variance from the bylaw requirements or oh, for and, any, any requirements well, or governing document. Okay.
10: I haven't actually looked at our constitution lately, and, but I, I thought I remembered and, that there was
1: a whole section on voting. So
11: I- Dean, did. we, we, we did look at that and, um, we I went in fact a whole group of us that went extensively fine tooth comb through that. Yeah, and that was the first- that was absolutely the first thing we were very concerned about. Well, the first thing we were concerned about, which I think maybe got mentioned earlier, was the DC code. Would uh, it allow us even to do this? And uh, once we got past that, then we, we actually looked at uh, I mean, if you look at our constitution, it's the nuance or the inference is that it has to be in a physical convention. If you read it the way it's written, you, you could infer that. However, if you look fine tooth comb wise, uh, what we're doing is allowed, and so uh, that's, you know, we, we wouldn't have done any of this if we didn't think that we could do it uh, constitutionally, and I can tell you that uh, our, the chair of our Constitution and Bylaws Committee, uh, John Hoffman, was a part of this so that he was aware of what we were looking at and, and uh, making sure. And that's why we're going to, as John said, we're going to suspend that, that, that bylaw so that we can uh, uh, get rid of the paper ballot for this year only.
10: And Maria H.
11: Go
12: ahead.
10: Um, The DC Code also has a provision right now that um, when there's a declared health emergency, notwithstanding what your bylaws, articles, or um, corporation, whatever say, you can hold um, a convention. Uh, you know, so, so say your bylaws. Say there has to be a physical convention. Declared uh, pandemic here, um, you can hold it virtually, electronically, and it has all these provisos. So long as X, Y, and Z, and one of those is voting, and um, it allows for this, uh, you know, un- under this situation.
4: Now, Renee? what's of more oh, interest sorry. is next year because we may not be able to have any remote voting. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we have a um, physical convention, uh, we can't have a. Hy- we can't. We may not necessarily be able to have hybrid voting because our constitution won't. Right.
2: I don't out. think hybrid voting is going to be an option until Schomburg, because we have to clear the path by the appropriate constitutional amendments rather than relying on an emergency declaration, which will have passed. And the doctrine of superseding you know statute, superseding bylaws, I think uh, that we are definitely looking at having to make the Constitution pay, pave the way constitutionally in 2022. Um which means the 2022 convention will look like all other conventions. But Schomburg is the earliest date on which I see us going to a hybrid system, which incorporates what people have been clamoring for for years. And that is, the, the you know, irrespective of the holding of a in-person convention, traditional convention, that the franchise would be extended to those not physically present at that setting.
4: I agree with you.
5: Yeah. Renee? Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, <clears throat> I
12: was going to bring up the, the point of, uh, of, of of an amendment and I'm glad to see that that was um, going to be implemented. I'm sorry that it has to wait until Schomburg to be implemented um, into the uh, into the bylaws. Um, I would think it would be a very simple amendment to add so that we wouldn't have that mm-hmm. situation going forward. Uh, the other thing I was going to ask is about um, the nominating committee. Is there going to be a, a, a breakout room so that, um, uh, uh, get, lack of a better uh, uh, word that I can use, a breakout room, in other words, a separate Zoom room for them uh, to meet? And when is that gonna be taking uh, taking place?
3: Probably a couple days before convention starts. So if you're thinking convention starts on what, Sunday, Dan? Maybe Friday, so I'm not in charge of Brian's schedule. But, and a, and, but you're right, though. It also would be a separate Zoom room.
5: Yeah, they, they'd they probably likely get a separate uh, special link. I think, uh,
1: yeah, you uh, know, uh, I, I would think so. And, and uh, we'll leave that up to Brian and the nominating committee. But my thoughts are maybe Saturday or Sunday before we would get to the opening session on Sunday evening. So sometimes you don't want to do it you know, necessarily totally outside of when we're getting together but do it ahead of uh, when the actual first session starts which is opening night on the uh, Sunday then the 18th and
3: remember constitutional amendments are what two need a two-thirds vote to change the constitution
1: correct all
5: right right, uh, Peter
14: hi um I was going to say that that I'm part of the evangelical Lutheran church in America which is other major organization I belong to um, that for the sake of electronic voting that, um, I mean, we were told that the board of directors or your church councils could uh, pass a continuing re- resolution um, that, would, uh, that would allow the electronic voting until the organization was uh, impling in the Constitution. So that, <clears throat> at, at least from uh, everything that we've gotten, that um, that that means that the board of directors is able to pass the decision, and uh, that holds the decision until um, the larger vote can take.
4: Maybe your state allows that, but in the D.C. code, there's no provision like that, and we have to go by the D.C. code because that's where we are chartered.
5: All right, we don't have any more raised hands, gentlemen and ladies. So uh, if you want to, and it's we've got about well. 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I need to get out of here. So, 10 minutes. <laughs> well,
1: uh, I would like maybe um, Pat, if Pat could call on Connie Sims, who's kind of leading up our communications efforts, perhaps she could share with the group kind of upcoming uh, communications activities. Yeah, Connie,
3: can you let us know what uh, what we're going to be up to uh, over the next month, month and a half? What do our communication channels look like?
13: Yeah. Um... So we want to get everything out soon and we want to communicate it as much as we can. So um, we started with the board approving it today and then the call tonight. And then this weekend with the president meetings and the legislative meetings, um, probably Pat and Dan or maybe someone else will be interviewed with Tony and Debbie Hazelton on the connection show, maybe once or twice or whatever they want to do. And then, um we are going to have our first hump day call is on for the president's is on march 3rd so we're inviting dan and pat to um, come speak to the presidents and encourage them to work with their affiliates and ask more questions so we'll see if we can get that all done in one session or if we'll have to have a couple of times with the presidents and then um we want to keep going that week on the 5th with visibilities with Terry, and then if possible, and these dates are just kind of tentative, but this is kind of what we're hoping. Um, On Sunday, March 7th, um, with Sunday edition with Anthony, and then on Tuesday, March 9th, um, Tuesday edition with Paul, and then starting the week of March 7th also, um, we wanna start doing community calls. And we're going to have them on different days and different times of the day. Um, And everyone's going to be able to talk about the same talking points, kind of what we have now. So it'll be different presenters, some of the same, but we want to be able to have it all different times and days, try to help get as many people um, reached. And then we don't want to leave out the BOP group. So we're asking their help with um, Debbie Cook Lewis and Kelly Gask and Katie Frederick. Um, We're hoping that Dan, um, giving Dan more work again um, to write a little bit in his meeting, um, his message in the um, Braille forum when he does his presentation. Um, And then have an article or two in the Braille forums and then dots and dashes announcements on the ACB radio, and then Facebook or any other social media and on our website. So that's kind of our, our plan is and keep going forward.
3: Uh, Connie, I had a thought also, if if the uh, uh, affiliates are having any calls and they want to invite us to their calls rather than these community calls, we could be available there too.
13: Right, and I was gonna bring that up too. I was gonna check with you and Dan first, but I, oh, I can, think that's what I was thinking. Uh,
3: assign Dan all the work, that's fine. Okay,
13: I can do that. I was He's gonna assign you, but, or I could do, you know, John or Ray or the Maria's. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Well, we've got a good, you know, we've we get got a good group, a good group
13: yeah. I can't people leave people Jeff out.
3: I'll put this together. And so I, like I said earlier, I appreciate everyone who, who's worked on this project.
5: And uh, we do have one more raised hand,
3: would we, we you? Can.
5: Okay, uh, Karen. Okay, one,
12: this should go quick. Um, for the community calls, I assume this will go on the uh, on the phone piece of this, so that when if somebody calls, gets their information uh, via the uh, 800 number, that, that would yes community calls would go on that too.
5: Yes, it wasn't on this because we didn't put it together until later, and we did not right. post it until it was really mentioned at the board meeting but mm. typically it would be on the weekly schedule and the weekly schedule is recorded on the phone system
13: okay
11: yep and, but what but oh Karen need to mute cuz i'm a, um but one thing that would be good maybe to do is for me to get out of here um maybe one of the calls that was the community calls we do i know we're trying to do some reasonable accommodations maybe one of the calls we do could be uh where we have uh, some of that available or maybe work with sassy to do a commute one of the community calls and have the uh, cart available so everybody can get access to this information
13: right this is connie and that's kind of what we wanted to do um, kind of we talked to the task force, but I, you know, myself, I've thought about that because there's definitely specific groups and specific um, individuals that may need extra help. And I think that's where we need to reach out to the affiliates and small interest groups so we can get this educated, as well as we can to everyone. Yep,
11: yep. And I think if your affiliates, if you're doing calls too, certainly uh, bring this up on there, set up time to discuss. And perhaps maybe even some of us from the task force, if you want one of us to come to any of your affiliate calls to talk about this, uh, I'm sure that we could do that.
1: And I think there's even an opportunity for us to have some community event calls uh, just on the whole, as you talked about a little earlier, Ray, for for newer members, how does voting work, and how does the whole process take place? Because <laughs> there there really are so many new members who are just getting involved for the first time.
11: I, Dan, I will work with Cindy to as we get close to convention, schedule a couple of. I'd love to do that, and maybe even bring some. See who I I'm, might I'm bring with me, but I'd love to facilitate something like that. Mm-hmm.
3: The other part that's going to be important also is we'll be doing the caucuses in the spring, letting the new people know that this is where they can go to get educated on the candidates, their thoughts, who's going to be running against whom, perhaps, and that sort of thing. So it'll help. Make for a lively spring.
5: All right. Well, Are we ready to?
1: Yeah, I want to say yeah. thank you so much, Cindy. Thank you for working real hard to pull this together at the last minute. Uh, Thank you to ACB Radio for uh, broadcasting it. And uh, thank you, members, for participating and asking such great questions. And uh, we look forward to uh, a spectacular year of voting with ACB at this year's uh, convention. So thank you.
3: Great. Thanks, everybody.
0: On my way